Today's guest is Sam Zeman. He is a strategic account executive at Global CI. He's in his second year as a board member for FCA Bethesda Emerging Leaders, which is an amazing uh, uh, group that I like to participate with. He's also a graduate of the ACT-IAC Associates program earlier this year in 2023, which is where Sam and I first met. So thanks for joining me today, Sam. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. Uh, I've been watching these for a while now. I'm really excited to be on. So for those who have not had a chance to interact with you in a program or hang out at a happy hour, talk about yourself. Talk about where you're from, who you are, and what you do. So I grew up in Ellicott City, Maryland. Um, I went to school at Mount St. Joe, which is uh, people from Maryland always bring up their high school because mm -hmm. we know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. <laughs> Uh, that that is a trait of a small state, and then <clears throat> early on, college was kind of um, difficult to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I was having more fun than uh, studying, <laughs> and it took a while till later for me to go back and officially figure out, okay, this is this is what I want to do, and I ended up going to Colorado oh. to do that, which was a lot of fun. Um, highly recommend Colorado, but also just leaving your home state, I think is a really good experience for anyone as well. It's a great growing experience. Mm, yeah. Step away from your safety net, step out from your parents' umbrella, uh, okay. make, make, make good, good or bad decisions on your own. <laughs> <laughs> we'll deal with them, right? That's a big part of it. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I went to a lot of schools um, and I, for some reason, I did well in high school, and then when it, it didn't translate to college for me in terms of self-discipline, right? Mm -hmm. You know, going to high school, you get dropped off in the morning, or you drive there, you're there with everyone else, same mission, same classes, same assignment, right? And you go through it all. And then I went to college, and no one was checking, right? No one was white, <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, this is kind of great. <laughs> Enjoying it. Um, and then you pay for that later when everyone else is done and they're working and having fun. And you're like, no, nah, I got class in the morning and you're 26. Yeah. Um, it's true that you're never too old to go back then. And it, it was just, when I finally did go back, um, I was ready, right? My first semester, I got, a, well, many semesters after that, I got a 4.0. I graduated magna cum laude, uh, 3.8 GPA, um, and I could not have done that before then. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I was surprised I could do it then, but I was happy that I was able to. And it, in between those years, um, I used to box. Uh, and I had, a, I had really great coaches. I never thought I was going to be a professional boxer for a second. I, I didn't like getting punched in the head that much, even though I was really good at it. Um, getting punched in the head, not, not boxing. <laughs> I, my coach has always said, Sam, you learned the hard way twice. Mm. And I always thought that that has stuck with me for all things. And now at 33, I kind of look at a situation and I, and I try to say, you know, have I burned myself once already here? Is this about to be the second time? Mm. Or do I want to go through that first time at all anymore? Mm. Um, and, you know, I feel like some kids, and not referring to myself as a kid but some people at like 18 years old had this foresight uh, and it took another 15 years for me to get it but it's a really interesting perspective I think that choosing what you want to do for college is less 
important at a young age. I, I think you could try to go that, I mean, you know, it's amazing when someone knows what they want to do, goes to college for it, graduates, gets into the work field, does it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Wow, yeah. That's I, I think that's incredible. <clears throat> the reason I was in school for so long, and I really was in college for 11 years, uh, and that's how long it took me to get a bachelor's degree. Um, I went to school in Philadelphia at first for accounting. Okay. I didn't, I didn't personally enjoy it. <clears throat> And for the classes that I went to, <laughs> I wasn't doing so hot. So I ended up coming back um, to Maryland. And I got a AA in exercise science. Um, I haven't used that to this day, not even <laughs> in my personal life. So <laughs> then after that, I decided I wanted to be a physical therapist for some reason. I was like, you know what? Bachelors, was, almost bachelors was so easy. Why not go get a doctorate? So I was... I guess they call it pre-med technically or pre-PT, mm-hmm. one of those two. You know, I was basically on like a biology um, track. And I'm going through it and I'm, I'm just not loving it. Just not loving it. And that was at UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. And I'm, you know, at this point I'm 25. <laughs> and I've had... I don't know if this is unique to my generation or the generations that followed or before. I basically had like a quarter life crisis. Uh, I told my girlfriend of eight months, I'm moving to Colorado. I'm leaving. And she was like, okay, I'm coming with you. And that was awesome. She's now my wife. We've been together for nine years coming up. We have a 10 month old kid. So that, that was awesome. But it was born of this idea. Like I got to get out of here. And I had to go experience life differently. I couldn't keep running in the same circles. I could, I just couldn't stay in the same area. But what a part of what born that is when I was 14 years old, I got a job at a bird seed store. <laughs> it was just right up the street. I could walk to it. And it was run by, uh, it was owned by a bunch of uh, elderly women and they couldn't pick up a 40 pound bag of birdseed. And I was playing football in high school. I was like, this is great. This is easy. I come in, I unload the trucks, right? I bag the seed there. And it was, a, it was a great relationship. And I worked there all through high school and I loved it. It is mindless, right? Work. And, and um, then later I, I started working at uh, a bicycle shop as a bicycle mechanic, uh, race pace bicycles. They were re- recently purchased by Trek. Um, and so they're, you know, Maryland born company, they're now Trek. But one day I'm coming out of their brand new store in Ellicott City. And right across the street is a new location for this place called the Wildlife Authority, hmm. where I started working when I was 14. This is 11 years later. And then in the parking lot next to me was my I think it was elementary school the young school I went to the young school for elementary school it's a private school in Maryland and I was like I I mean I was almost dumbfounded when all three of those things happened to me and and I I was like man I have not moved you know I've been standing still this whole time Mm. and so then that's when I moved 2,000 miles away right I was like all right as far as I can get that I like (laughs) and that was kind of what it was um And I think one of the lessons I learned there is that there isn't this 
perfect time to do anything, right? That you have this idea of, oh, if I get this done and this and whatever, then I'll be able to go do these things. And the truth is there's always going to be something that's going to come up that's going to ruin that or change it or make you reassess. But while there may be better and worse times, the best time is, is in my experience, and has always been now, mm-hmm. right? Go mm-hmm. now, figure it out, right? And and when I decided to go, you know, I got a bunch of support, right? People were like, yeah, man, go go do it. Go figure it out. And, uh, and I did, and it was awesome. Uh, it was really transformative. And then while I was out there, I was a bike mechanic for a while. Because <laughs> it was, I mean, one, it was a great That's place good. to be a bike mechanic, right? And I worked at... Um, university bicycles which is the oldest bike shop in boulder in boulder period on pearl street it was phenomenal i learned a lot about business there that i didn't think i would but they were just this extremely lean you know no fat shop right they were just machines and they and and you felt like it you were part of this machine you were turning the cog long hours but they worked as hard as they partied i mean they every single person there you know no one called out everyone showed up every day and and just did an excellent job they had all this quality control and i learned so much there and while i was in school you know i was like you know maybe i want to do business i i don't you know i'm fascinated by this and i'm loving it and while i you know haven't really had any other experience with it maybe this is what i want to do so that's how i ended up going with an international business track okay Um, which unfortunately when you have an aa in exercise science and you're a biology track student means you have to start college over uh you barely have the prereqs that that a business school (laughs) requires versus a biology school so yeah transferred to the school of business for colorado university of colorado and and, and just did it there, man. And I loved it. I mean, for four years, it was phenomenal. I loved the case studies. Couldn't get enough of it. Um, loved my teachers. It was just an amazing experience. <clears throat> and while I was there, I was able to get a strategic planning internship. Man, this is in 2017. I'm feeling old just in this conversation. In 2017, I had an internship with Excel Energy, the very large energy company, I think they're Fortune 500. Pretty sure they are. And I, I should write an apology letter to everyone I worked with there because I just cut my teeth on that whole company, right? They, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees, and I had no idea, right? I, I didn't know office etiquette. I didn't know. It, it, I didn't even understand like office politics, right? I, I just, you know, I was just like such a, I was a 26 year old dummy in this place and I was surrounded by really professional human beings and they were so patient with me and they brought me along and they were just, you know, Hey, this is what it is. And this is how it looks from here. And it was phenomenal. Right. I mean, it really helped me grow up to be honest, was just having someone there being like, this is a new place, right? This Mm -hmm. isn't the kegerator in the back of the bike shop. Right. Right. Where I was, you know, I was excellent there. So here it was very different. Um, and, and, you know, I'm still friends with those people today. And, and it was, and it was just such a growing experience. And, but the, I, I'm, I will always be haunted by so many awkward experiences due to 
I didn't know what was right or wrong and, and or, or what and <laughs> what was really going on most of the time. And um, man, you know, those are the things that keep you up at night sometimes. That's, but that's, that, actually, that's interesting, Sam. So because, uh, you know, I know you're still early in your career, but you know, you're going to have that feeling multiple times through your career when you try a new role and go, OK, I think I'm ready for the next step in my career. Let me try that role that I know absolutely maybe just this much about and it's really this much that I need to know right but you'll get better at hiding it <laughs> rolling think, with it yeah and and while that will happen what I, a part of what I feel like is I I have realized that even though I'm I know mountains more than I did then now I'm so okay with being the student hmm. before I didn't want to be the student I wanted to be the guy that knew and you know, the, a folly of youth or whatever, but, and I didn't know, which was the worst part about right. it. And now it's like, I kind of know, but I, but I want to learn, right? Like that's what I'm here to do. And that's the only way I'm going to get good at it. And knowing that means all those mistakes are just a lesson. Right. And that's what, what helps the most, hmm. I think so that they, they haunt me less, but they are, they're written down now they're documented. Um, so that was good. And then after that, there was a, a couple more jobs. I did data analytics for a while, sales analysts. Uh, and eventually I started doing market research for the company that I'm at now, um, helping them develop a new product, a new software. Hmm. And that was really interesting too. And uh, I was in a meeting and it was going well. And I was like, you know, I, guys, I think instead of market research, I think I, think I want to do sales for you. I think I want to help move this product. And that's kind of the end of the story there. And I've been here ever since. It's been really great. But it was a long journey, I feel like, to get here and to figure it out. Um, you know, ironically, I started working retail when I was 14. And now I'm happy doing kind of retail again <laughs> at 33. So this is a long track back. But it's been a heck of a journey. And the people you meet along the way is phenomenal. And then you enter this GovCon community. And it's very unique, right? You know, part of it is a lot of us are doing work that changes the way the country operates or the way an agency in the country operates or makes the whole experience for us as a user interfacing with a federal agency changes. And I mean, and that perspective mm -hmm. in of itself is unique and it's awesome. And then to go to these events that that we've been to so many of, um, and everyone there is just the nicest human being and the most helpful, mm -hmm. right? And every time I go on a new venture, I have, you know, several people that I could reach out to. And they always pick up the phone, always respond to the email. And it's just awesome. It's such a great place to be. Um, I wish I'd known more about it growing up. You know, I feel like this was something I never considered ever. I was never like, oh, I'll go work adjacent to the federal government mm -hmm. so i think that there's plenty of opportunity for that right to present that especially to people that live in the dmv right that's always an option so many companies mm -hmm. do that well, i mean you make a really interesting case for something i've thought a lot about over the years which is finding your community your work community Right. Mm -hmm. We spend a lot of effort and time finding our friends, fostering friendship through the years. We get we have a spouse, finding the friend group that are as fa as a family we're going to interact with. 
And the same thing really goes for work, right? There's a, there are work communities. So the, you know, GovCon, as you're talking about, is a big one, right? You and I both participate in it. It's a huge community, everybody here in the DC area. And it really extends beyond the DC area, but it's more convenient, you know, if you're happy to be in the DC area. But then there are, like, I've met people who have realtor communities, right? Or they're, uh, in the you know in the tech field, they're all kind of sub communities, right? There's the the Microsoft community, all the people who work with their products or whatever, and and it is so critical to get plugged into those like minded communities for what you're talking about. It becomes a support network of sorts. You don't know the answer to something, you can ask somebody, or they ask you because you're part of the network, right? Uh, it could be your next job, you find it through that uh, community. And it could be your, you know, your business friends, which I'm, I'm actually a proponent of business friendship. Uh, we spend eight hours a day at work. We go home, we interact with our families, and maybe on the weekends interact with friends. We spend far more hours in our office life. Uh, why not build good, solid friendships there that are just as good as the friendships outside of business? So yeah, I completely agree with that, uh, and I and I love that idea because it feels better with when you're with your friends and then competitions take on a new feeling too with your friends it's more fun if they win you're still like ah good job right but when it's when it is different you know then it's like you know the other things get involved right um you're not as happy you wish you wish you were the one that won but it's about everybody winning right and i think that's another thing is sometimes industries try to make it feel like there's not enough room at the table Right. right. But I, there's so much room at this table. Everyone needs help. Everyone can come to it and sit down and figure out. And there's so much, you know, JVTA, subcontracting, all of that, that brings us together as an opportunity. And because those opportunities exist for everybody, right? right it's like, we're all going to work together at some point. It, it's going to happen, uh, you know, it, hopefully, right? If we do well and we have a good reputation, we'll end up on a team together. Right. So it just makes sense that, you know, it's your friend group and that friend group. And now we're all friends and we're doing work for the federal government, hopefully. So did you purposely take a job back here in the D.C. area? You had escaped it out to Colorado. And you did you purposely come back this direction? So unfortunately, a, a family tragedy brought me back from Colorado. Um, and, that, and that's basically what it was. Okay. Uh, initially, I wasn't planning on leaving my old job. Um, I loved working in the medical data field, and, and I still do that a little here, but now it's, you know, I don't do anything technical at all anymore. I mean, I, I can barely use an Excel spreadsheet anymore. I've truly become a sales guy, um, probably the headache for so many people in my company, but it, it was it was quite a transition back because it was abrupt. I mean, I bought a one-way ticket. Uh, we had, it just happened so fast, so that that is what got me back to Maryland, but I'm glad to be here, you know, especially when you have a kid and you have your family around. That is yeah. so uh, important. Um, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. So as, as you've gone through this journey then, and you, it, it, as you, as you said, you had a slightly different path and you know me, I like to collect stories about the slightly different paths. I have a slightly different path, right? I had a huge gap in my college experience as well. My, my daughter's kind of following that same path of, of not going to college route uh, right away and trying to experiment in the business world first. And, um, you know, is, is there something different you would do now? So let's look back and talk to yourself. If you had to go back and give yourself advice, 
uh, is there something you would do differently than you did or, you know, uh, or, or is the, you know, the combination of what happened, you know, does equal up to what has happened for you today. So I'm just curious what your, what your thought pattern would be about, about that journey today, right? From today's eyes. There's no doubt that the path I walked is why I'm married to the person I'm married to Mm. now, have the kid and, and, and I'm in the position that I'm in now, which I'm very happy to be in. That being said, there were, you know, almost a decade of self-inflicted hardships, right? I mean, I was always my worst enemy. I, I inflicted every obstacle on myself pretty much. And I, a part of me would have just said, and I think that, you know, I think parents try to convey this, but it's like, you can't hear it if you can't hear it, right? Even if they're right, they couldn't make it any clearer and you still got none of it. But I would just have told myself like, hey man, 18 to 21 are not the best years of your life. They are, it's just college. Mm -hmm. And and, and while it might be great and it might be a lot of fun, just buckle down and do what you have to do. Because after that, when you start working um, and, and you're being somewhat successful and you start making a little bit of money and you start thinking about buying a house for the first time, which is a, another journey and kind of a milestone in, in your life. And you can go on these trips and really it's like, you know, 24, 25, you start to hit your stride or a lot of people I knew did. Um, and I was just going back to school mm-hmm. and they were going on trips because mm-hmm. they were doing well and didn't have homework or right. class the next day. And I would have just told them, like, just buckle down for those four years. I mean, it's. Yeah. Here's a story. You can, you can decide whether or not you want to even include this in the podcast. But I was sitting in that bike shop one day, man. And there was this guy working across from me. And he was just like, clearly not a very smart person. And he had bad opinions and he was just not great to be around and he had a college degree (laughs) and I thought there is no reason I can't do that Mm -hmm. I had put it out of my reach for some reason again being my own obstacle in my own way and I was just like I, I almost went back out of pride is that I don't even know if that's the right feeling. I was just like that person cannot have this, and able to do something that I can't do, hmm. right? And I was like, that is impossible. I mean, I went back. Spite is probably more. What it was. <laughs> I, I went back out of spite. I was like, I'm hey, gonna- mot- motivations come from all sorts of places. Yeah, so that was like a real eye opening moment for me because I was still like, maybe college isn't for me, right? Maybe I'll just do this like thing forever, bro. That's fine. I was happy. Um in a lot of ways and unhappy in others and I couldn't be happier that I went back. I mean, thank God that that person ended up across from me in the bike shop because (laughs) otherwise I don't know, I could have not gone, but, but I did. Um, And that, and that is what happened. So yeah, I think, I think that buckle down for those four years and get through college as fast as you can. That is, those are not the best years of your life. Would have, would have been a really good conversation for me to have with myself. But I know myself back then. I wouldn't have heard a thing. And I would have gone about ending up right where I am now. I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar <laughs> with that myself. I was pretty hard-headed myself. I know exactly what you mean. 
So is there something, so as you begin, let's, let's, you know, concentrate on coming back to DC and realize there's a bit of emergency situation, but you still had to find a job. How did that process go? Were you, was it, you know, at that point you had your education, was it pretty easy to find the job to roll into? Sorry. I was, when I was working in uh, Colorado, right before I came back to DC, I was working for a company called Medtronic as a sales analyst okay. slash sales engineer. And on the side, it wasn't what I went to school for. So on the side, I was doing market research for That's this right. IT company uh, that I'm at now. Yeah. I didn't I realize think, that was back in Colorado still. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I was working, I pretty much always had like one and a half or two jobs, right? I just felt like, yeah, and I was working part-time as a market research analyst. You know, they were they they were building and they'd send me whatever and it worked great. It was symbiotic and it was fine. And then when I made the transition back, they were like, well, the, you know, we're really starting to move on stuff. And mm. so that's that, awesome. That was when the transition. That, hey, that's the best of all situations in that, mm-hmm. in that regard. So you had emergency anyway, and, and that opportunity came open. So yeah, that's, that's amazing. So what's, uh, what's next, what's next for Sam? I know you, I know you are doing this board thing for emerging leaders with FCA. Uh, any, anything going on there or anything else that's, that's popping up for you in the near future? I think that I'll always stay involved with FC as much as possible, whether I stay on the board or not, you know, it's for, you know, emerging leaders, I think it's just under 40. So I've got another six years <laughs> there, no problem. Um, I, I'd love to stay there with them. Everyone I've, I've, I've met there and you know, so many of them, they're just yeah. fantastic to they work are, with, yeah. right? Um, and I love it. I love getting together and we're supposed to have a board meeting tomorrow and and we're doing headshots there. I mean, it's just so much fun. And everyone's such a, a great person that, that tends to do that. I don't know how we're batting a thousand, but we're batting a thousand. Um, in terms of what's next, I'm definitely going to stay at this company for as long as I can. Uh, I, I really like the opportunities here. I like the freedom. I'm learning so much. The interactions are great. And there's just a ton of potential. So what happens next? Who knows? Maybe some announcements are coming in the near future, and that'll be that'll be interesting and fun. Um, but I'm really happy and really grateful to be where I'm at. That's awesome. Well, Sam, I love talking to you. It's always great to see you. I can't wait to next opportunity where we're at a group at, at a at networking event together. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Appreciate it, man.